Welcome to the VITB podcast. Uh, this is a podcast that helps you grow your wealth and become financially independent. My name is Becco and my partner, Hari. Hello. It's good to see everybody. It's been a long time since uh, recorded our, we recorded our last podcast. Uh, it's good to be back. Um, Hari, how are you? I'm good. Good. End of 2021. It's been a crazy year uh, so far. So this will be an interesting topic to discuss. Yeah. So in this in this podcast, we're going to talk about the year in review, what happened, kind of big themes, um, uh, big themes, uh, th- big themes this year that drove the market. Uh, some considerations that people might have about the future as well. So we're going to divide this episode into two parts. Part one, we'll be talk we'll be talking about what happened this year, and then the second episode, we will talk about big themes that we anticipate will influence the market in a major way next year in 2022. I can't believe it's 2022, but okay. So should we get started? Disclaimer. Okay. Disclaimer. All right. Uh, yeah, this is the value investor TV VITV podcast. We are not financial advisors. We don't know your specific financial situation. So please consult with the appropriate advisor before making any, uh, financial or tax, uh, decisions. I also okay. Before we start, I, I feel like a, a brief moment of explanation is is uh, warranted here about why we've been so absent. Um, perhaps you could start with your situation. I could I could kind of chime in with mine, heart. Yeah, I mean, my uh, middle of the year uh, in twenty twenty one, I got promoted to the CEO position of my company, uh, which has kind of led to you know, me taking on a lot more responsibility and, and it took a bunch more time than I was expecting. So, um, you know, things have settled down now. So I'm, you know, back to, uh, more time to, to focus on value investing, which is what I've needed to do for a while. Um, so I'm glad to be able to start, you know, doing this again. Awesome. On my end, um, uh, you know, Harry got promoted to the CEO position. I started my own company as some of you guys know already. Um, obviously middle of the year, middle of the year, just trying to get the company off the ground takes a lot of energy and time. So that's been consuming most of my time. So that's why I've been absent from the value investor, uh, uh podcast on our community. So we apologize for that. Uh, we'll try to be, we'll try to be as, as, you know, as involved as possible, um, you know, in the context of our new roles, but, uh, thank you for being patient and, Excited to at least record this one last episode before we close out the year. So, all right, should we get started? Yeah. Um, so, so year in review. So 2021, uh, big themes. Obviously, we can't talk about you know the market without talking about what happened uh, this year in terms of COVID. Uh, obviously, COVID had a lot of inf- influence in the market in, in many ways. But before we talk about the influence on the market, Let's actually talk about the COVID itself and the lockdowns and you know the, the vaccine rollout. Let's just kind of talk about that. And obviously, you as a as a physician, uh, maybe you can, you can provide some perspective, uh, medical perspective, also. Right. Yeah. So I, I think the biggest you know thing was the beginning of the year we saw um, that the vaccines became available for. At first, it wasn't the entire. Uh, population, but it was, you know, doled out by age and by, you know, if you were a healthcare worker and then it kind of expanded. And by March to uh, April in the U S most of the country could get 
um, access to the vaccines. Um, what we saw, though, was that, you know, instead of thinking that that would kind of end the pandemic, um, you know, it didn't actually change the the course of the uh, pandemic. The, you know, it, we were still seeing transmissions, still seeing spikes in cases, you know, uh, through August, September uh, and so on. Um, and so what that ended up doing was led to a lot more lockdowns and things like that. Now, but all of that depended on what state you were living in. So in 2020, many states had, you know, extended lockdowns. But in 2021, uh, states, especially uh, Republican controlled states, did not have nearly as many lockdown, you know, kind of measures. Um, and so work was more, um, you know, pe more people were going back to work in the in the red states than there were in the blue states. So, you know, we kind of saw a different um you know, 2020 was, is, was basically lockdown everywhere. 2021 was a different kind of uh, mentality, but regardless, um, you know, the, the virus continued to spread and, you know, now we're at the point in December where we we're seeing a new variant called Omicron, which is, uh, which is, I, I think in many ways is a good thing because it's going to reduce, um, the hospitalizations and probably get us back on our feet much faster. Yeah. I mean, some people are saying that Omicron is actually kind of a blessing, not to diminish or down, you know, downgrade uh, those that are really affected by this, but it, it, you know, it could be like a mass immunization um, effort yep. or a mass immunization kind of event with, with, uh, with Omicron. Right. Um, you, know, thank, you know, due to the fact that it's not as, it's not as severe uh, when it comes to the effects on, on you know, human condition. Um, but yeah, so that, 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 that certainly... I mean, you live in you live in Texas. I, you know, I most of most of 2021, um, yeah, I lived in California. It's, it's you know, to see the kind of difference was was pretty stark. And I think you guys you guys opened up pretty early. Is that right? I mean, is yeah, it's been so kind of back to normal since when? Well, so I, I think the from a government standpoint, it's been open since um, September or so of last year. But what was different was, you know, people's behavior has kind of been moderated by case, you know, spikes and things like that. So when you saw case volumes were pretty low in the hospitals, you know, people were out and about. And then when they started to spike, people kind of naturally went back, you know, and, and limited their out, act, outdoor active or their activities outside of the house. So, but, you know, for the most part, you go around Houston, I... I can't think of any places where I have to wear a mask, you know, uh, to go into a store, to go into a restaurant. Um, whereas in 2020, that was fairly commonplace. Um, and I don't see any, you know, restaurants limiting seating by, you know, capacity or, or anything like that anymore. So, uh, for the most part, if you walk around, you would look, it would look to you like, you know, we were pre pandemic kind of levels. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, no, I didn't go to Houston, but I was in Miami for three days or something like that. COVID, did, COVID didn't exist there. It almost, yeah. it, it felt like it, did, it didn't exist. People were just completely back to normal. Uh, and so just very different, very different landscape when it comes to coming out of COVID. Obviously, this is talking about the context of the U.S. So um, uh, apologies for those of us, th those of you guys listening from, from overseas. 
but that's that's COVID. Let's move on to the second topic. Um, obviously, COVID had a lot to do with the supply chain issue that we saw and how brittle it was, actually. Um, I mean, we've been seeing this in 2020, right? Starting in 2020, but in 2021, I think a lot of that kind of materialized into price, um, the inflation. But before we talk about the inflation, let's just talk quickly about the supply chain issue that we saw this year. Yeah, so this is a, you know, it's a complex thing, right? There was a lot more people at home, so they were actually buying more things for the house. So that there was a demand increase, but there was also a shortage of many of the items that people were buying. Part of that was the source of the materials, like from China and Southeast Asia, they had lockdowns that were preventing, you know, capacity uh, limitations. You had limitations at the ports for getting things off of the, the you know, off the, the boats and onto trucks. You know, you had a limitation on the number of drivers who were working for delivering, uh, you know, goods and services to, you know, or goods to uh, stores. So it, it was a multifactorial thing. And then you had people along the supply chain who were not working either because of, um, you know, they were getting paid stimulus money to stay at home. Um, <clears throat> there were quite a few people who were, you know, very hesitant about getting vaccinated. So they and their employers were, you know, pushing that. So they stayed away from the office. So it, it's a fairly complex, you know, cycle here that, you know, to say how how it's going to get fixed is very hard for, for us to, you know, to kind of, you know, look at, but what that med led to was a raising, rising of prices um, as a result of the shortages of many things. I think the most acute place that you saw the supply chain issue was on the tech sector, right? Chip shortages were very um, prevalent in 2020. Early 2021, it really didn't, you know, kind of ease up. I think for a long time, you couldn't get a CPU, you know, uh, you know, they were, you know, being handed out, you know, by lottery in, in many places like Newegg and things like that. So those have started to ease up, but it's still seeing a shortage of like, you know, graphics cards and things like that. Um, it's not affecting car output anymore like it did in 2020, but it's it's still there. So, you know, so supply chain is a really complex thing and it's, um, but it just goes to show you how integrated the world's economy is. And if you have any disruption along the way, it creates, you know, downstream consequences mm -hmm. yeah a lot of people are talking about uh, this this word resilience resilient supply chain has been kind of thrown about since uh since the COVID started but i think what we were seeing in 2021 we're going to talk about the price you know inflation but it's actually materially impacting you know you know the what, what people pay at, at, the, at the store right it's it's like the the inflate the the supply chain issue is all theoretical theoretical until until it actually hits you, right? And I think that's what we're seeing now. Uh, that's what we have been seeing now in 2021. Um, yeah, so we'll we'll see how this goes. I think a lot of people are this this sort of this sort of rhetoric about supply chain brutalness has been banded about for a while. I think it's been talked about since kind of Trump presidency of how like supply chain, you know. You know, when it comes to that, you know, when it comes to supply chain, that kind of ropes, you know, many, many countries in, in, in Southeast Asia and China, uh, South America. And, you know, Trump really kind of brought this uh, rhetoric forward to make this, you know, ma you know make the make this stuff at home. But I think that's kind of what we're seeing now. 
and uh, yeah, we'll we'll see how we'll this we'll see how this 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 actually pans out. You know, in terms of you know people kind of changing the supply chain and and how that how that kind of shapes up the shapes up the global economy in, in the future. The next uh, item that we have here uh, is the inflation, and we can't talk about inflation. Obviously, inflation as it relates to supply chain, but we can't talk about inflation without talking about all the stimulus money that's been flooding the market. Uh, so give us a little bit of color on this, on this topic. Yeah. I mean, when you have, you know, money itself follows the same economic, um, you know, principles of supply and demand. And so when you put more money into the economy and the way that the federal government does that is by, um, producing, you know, you know, one, they can do the stimulus, which was essentially just creating money out of nothing, um, which is what they've done for, uh, you know, to stimulate, stimulate the economy. Um, and what that ended up doing was putting a lot of cash into people's pockets that then went into buying more goods and services, which those goods and services were already limited by, you know, these supply chain issues that we just talked about. So, that stimulus, essentially what the only way that that can get resolved is if people raise prices. And so you're seeing gas prices go up, which is a huge, you know, hit to the middle class and the lower, you know, lower middle class. Um, but just goods of, of every kind, you know, foodstuffs went up. Um, and what, what this ended up doing was uh, you also saw from the pre-pandemic, we started seeing minimum wages rise, you know, because of states that were pushing, you know, a minimum wage of $15 an hour where it used to be closer to 10 or less. So all of this, what this does is it, it creates a, the price for, you know, something goes up so much um, that your the value of your dollar actually goes down. So even though your, um, your wages may increase as a result of this, um, your actual spending ability goes down, which is, you know, obviously creates problems for a lot of people. Um, the rich tend to have the largest increase in, you know, their, their real income or in their, uh, nominal income. But what ends up happening is, um, the poor see a much smaller percentage increase, but the rising inflation at now almost six to 7%, you know, means that your dollar just goes, you know, a lot less. So from, you know, 2008 till 2020, um, the inflation rate was around one to 2% or less in many years. Um, it never really crossed the 2% number. Um, now that no. it's, oh, go ahead. No, I mean, that, that was, that was a target for the federal, federal reserve is to hit that 2% target. And Correct. because we weren't hitting it because there was just so much deflationary forces at play because we weren't hitting it, we continue to stimulate the economy with low interest rates and, and, um, uh, not buybacks, but uh, what do you call those? Um, quantitative easing. Right. Yeah. And so the end result of that is we had a very hot economy for a very long time. Then COVID hits. Then you start doing the stimulus and you put in two to three trillion dollars into the economy that hadn't existed before. And suddenly we have this huge inflation, uh, you know, which we talked about several times on the podcast in the last couple of years. But now that it's actually hitting us, we're seeing, you know, it really hurt a lot of people. Yeah, it's interesting because there's a there's a bit of lag, right? I mean, there's a there's a time differential between when the money actually gets released into the market and when the actual price 
of goods that you buy as a consumer goes up. Not just consumer consumer goods, but like even I mean, I guess even more so like investment properties, like like real estate or yep. stock market or or even Bitcoin. Uh, you know, the reason why those things go up uh, is because I mean, there are a bunch of reasons, but one of the reasons why it went up is because the nominal dollar value of it, the the, the dollar uh, is 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 sort of becoming worth less and less and less, and and so the the dollar value of it, it actually goes up. Um, yeah. So definitely a major trend uh, in 2021. Um, but the time differential is interesting here. What is going to happen? Mo- I mean, what? How, mu- how much money was released this year? Like five trillion or something like that? To yeah, total? yeah, and that's not including the infrastructure plan that um, is currently whittling, being you know woven through Congress right now. Um, you know, and it may not pass in any form that you know we know about. But f- about five trillion was what we injected. Yeah, about five trillion was injected. So all, all this kind of uh, inflation, inflationary forces, and price um, prices started. All, all this kind of excess liquidity is being materialized in prices and consumer goods and real estate and you know, invest investable assets. Um, I wonder. I wonder where you know how how much or how long it'll it'll continue and you know what that will mean for investors and what that will mean for just as a consumer. Um, which which brings us to kind of a good actually this is a good segue into the next topic we want to talk about is which is um, 2022 big trends there um, inflation obviously talked about just now with 2022 approaching interest rate hikes as a way to control inflation um, three interest rates are interest interest rate hikes are earmarked for 2022. Uh, Let's, let's kind of talk about that, unpack that a little bit. Yeah. Do you want to talk about that in the next episode when we're doing 2022, or do you want to co- cover that now? Should we just go right through? Um, well, let's cut it. If you let's cut it. it here, and then we'll we'll start again uh, in okay. the new one. So uh, how, right, why don't we close uh, this one here? Yeah, okay. Where do we leave? Okay, we talked about inflation. Okay, we'll find we'll find a good good spot to cut. Yeah, we'll let let Nick um, cut there. Okay. But um, yeah, let's um, just to close out. Let's, we'll just do the normal email us and then the like, comment, okay. subscribe stuff. Okay. All right, so that that kind of brings us to um, the end of this episode. We talked about what happened in twenty twenty one: COVID, lockdown, supply chain issue, inflation, a uh, bunch of stimulus money going into the market and hitting the the prices. So that's that's it for this episode. Um, again, uh, it's been kind of uh, we had a long hiatus with the podcast. I appreciate you guys sticking around and listening to this one. And um, hopefully, um, if you guys want, hopefully, you guys check out some of our previous episodes. Um, we have a checklist that we go through to analyze a company. Uh, so, if you guys want a copy of that, please email us at info at valueinvestor.org. Info at valueinvestor.org. We also have a website, um, valueinvestor.org, that um, summarizes all the fundamental data of publicly listed companies. You're more than welcome to check that out. And lastly, if you want to be part of our Slack community, uh, again, just info at valueinvestor.org. Email us there and we will, we will add you to our Slack channel.
All right. And then one one thing I'd say that I'd really appreciated the people who listened to us and wa- started watching us on YouTube. Um, they you know helped us a lot with uh, pushing our subscriber count up, um, and they did so by liking uh, the posts, commenting, uh, and uh, and subscribing and hitting that notification bell so that we. Um, you know, as we start producing more content in 2022, we'll start showing up on more people's feeds. So we'd really appreciate it if you could do that uh, for us. Um, just hit the the like button and uh, subscribe and hit the, uh, and if you can comment, that would be a great uh, as well. Awesome. Sounds good. All right. We'll talk to you guys in the next episode. Thanks guys. All right. Thanks.